Did you press go? I did. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was timed perfectly where you're just pouring yourself a glass of wine. <laughs> Welcome oh. to the Raven episode, guys. You know what kind of episode it's going to be. Oh. Let's go. <laughs> Welcome to QSEC to the Future. We're your hosts. I'm Grace. My name is John. And I am halfway through a bottle of two buck chuck. I am drinking soju and finishing off my battle ba- bottle of whiskey. Yes. So uh this podcast is about us showing our love for John Cusack and going through his his discography movies one movie at a time (laughs) and we we decided this week we would talk about the raven yeah and in this movie the killer is his apprentice fanboy uh it's his jimmy olsen it's the guy who dressed like the shadow in the alec baldwin movie That's our yeah. spoiler, and that's our uh, that's our discussion of the Raven for this week. Yeah, because... saved you two hours there. So, yeah, we'll see you next week. I think that's that's it for this episode. Um, yeah. Our podcast hosting service though doesn't allow for clips under an hour, so here's our our, our outro music and probably empty, uh, empty sound for. 58 minutes. Enjoy this white noise. Enjoy, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs> we should, uh, we, we have to talk about the movie, huh? <laughs> I think so. God damn it. Um, take two? Take two. More All drink. Right. Drink. All right, guys, welcome back to Cusack to the Future, the Raven episode, take two. Um, how, 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 do we talk, how do we talk about this, Grace? Well, I, I think we should just go into what we like about the movie. Let's, let's start out that way, you know, give it two pats, and mm-hmm. then we can poke at the film. Okay. Uh, I like that John Cusack yelled <laughs> a lot. He has a great yelling voice. Um, no, there's more. There's more, John. We did like things about the movie. Uh, right? What did you like? I gave one. What's your, what's your <laughs> turn? I appreciated John Cusack's best impression of... Oh, God, I forgot his name. <laughs> the Raven. <laughs> Nick Cage! <laughs> Nick Cage, right? He was battling Nick Cage as much as he could. Yeah, you know, and I think I think it's the facial hair, and it doesn't help that every time I type in like John Cusack movies into like Amazon, mm-hmm. that all the Nick Cage comes up. That's that's rude, Amazon. <laughs> weird. But no, I mean, I I I wanted to love this. I wanted to like this movie, and I I mean, I do. I appreciate the movie for what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean. It, like I, I, I've said to you multiple times before we started drinking mm-hmm. that I, um, that this movie wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, but 
but it's not as good as I want it to be. Okay, because this right. is worse than I thought it was going to be. And you saw really? it twice, right? I saw it twice. Okay, why? Yeah, I, I watched it twice. <laughs> I watched it last night. <laughs> I think because, like, last night I was like, okay, so the way that, like, I do I do these, like, rewatches, you know, I have my, pat, my pen and paper, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to only focus on this movie in the next two hours, right? Mm-hmm. And this is a two hour film. It's a journey. It's so fucking long. But so I did that and I, I I watched all two hours and then realized only had like maybe four notes. Yeah. And then I was like, oh God, okay, maybe I need to watch it again. So I watched it again while I was doing other stuff, which is what I tend to do is like, oh, maybe like if I just have it in the background, I tend to like pick up more things. Mm-hmm. And I did write a few notes. But honestly, like I have no notes on this and it's because I have nothing to say about the movie and I feel really bad. About it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's it's like I just I wanted it to be good. I really did because like, you know, it's Edgar Allan Poe and it's John Cusack and the freaking like. You know, the writer in me, the teenage girl goth in me, is like two of my favorite things. <laughs> and then it, when they came and and they came together, and it was like meeting your hero. I was like, oh, this is not what I wanted. Yeah, this is the worst of both worlds. Yeah, like Can when just, I... when you told me that you saw it twice. Yeah, I well already even before you said you saw it twice i was like i wonder if brace liked this movie and i know how much like obviously you like john cusack and i was like i'm she's mentioned she likes edgar Allan poe and then you said it twice i was like oh no she liked it (laughs) and you you (laughs) joked about it where you're like at one point during this podcast we're gonna be on different sides of the movie yeah and i was like this is it I am just not, I, I like, she watched it twice. She enjoyed it. She's going to defend this movie. And like, I was not mentally there for this movie. I was just waiting for everyone to die. <laughs> so I was like, how, how, how do I defend my point of this movie was boring aside from the fact that I didn't care. And then it was so relieving. And you're just like, I got nothing from this movie. I was like, oh, thank God me either. <laughs> Dude, no, because like the whole time. Okay, so it it's called the Raven. Mm-hmm. It has a pretty badass looking cover, so I'm expecting something, right? Yeah. Um, but when I was looking at it, the first like the opening scene where they had like the heavy guitar rift immediately, I went, "Oh no!" Yeah, some decisions were made, and none of them were good. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is directed from. I don't I forgot his name, but it, like the guy who directed V for Vendetta. So when I saw that on the poster that I photoshopped for uh, yeah. our cover art, I was like, okay. And then I was like, that's why he didn't do any other movies after this. <laughs> well, the whole time, because like I was I was hoping for something. I like I was either like, oh, it's going to be super, super serious with like. It being a biopic, because I didn't even read the synopsis. I was just like, he's playing Edgar Allan Poe. And I like to go into movies that I, I don't know Cusack or I haven't seen Cusack in, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I go in completely like, I don't know nothing about this movie. Right, going, going in blind and just be like. Going in completely like, yeah. 
And so I was like, okay, it's called The Raven. It's about Edgar Allan Poe. It's going to be about his life. It's going to be amazing. And then I, after I watched it the first time, I went back. And then I was like, oh, I should have read the two thing, the two sentence summary of like, oh, they reimagine Poe's last days as him tracking down a killer. And I was like, what? <laughs> He's a crime fighter. <laughs> what? What? I was like, okay, so mm, there's that aspect. Yeah. There was just, there's, oh, <laughs> you know, I just, it just felt like the opening scene with the music and then you see like the crows or the crows, the ravens and all I could think about is the crow. Yeah. And I love the crow. Yeah. Like the crow is my baby. Did that right? give you more hope that it was going to be a certain way or were you just no. like, they don't even know what bird they're using? <laughs> no. Cause when I saw the birds and then I saw them going through the sky and then the sky turned red, I was like, Oh God. I was like, this is like <laughs> underworld, but bad. <laughs> there is, it, it's called the Raven and the Raven doesn't even have a lead role. John. <laughs> yeah. This is not a bird cinematic universe. <laughs> This doesn't connect to the crow. Like, if you're going to reimagine his last day, like, I would have been fine if the Raven became the new crow and Edgar Allan Poe came back to, like, avenge, like, Annabelle, like, you know, his wife's death for from tuberculosis and he's just mad at the world and all this stuff. But, like, I was like, oh, no, this isn't even that. This is not that. It's not John Cusick, Cusack going all anamorphs and turning into crow. Was, <laughs> <laughs> it's not that. It's just... It didn't know what kind of movie it wanted. I think John Cusack would have been fine playing this sexy Edgar if it was a straight up biopic. I was like, I'm okay with that. Like when he was undoing like her her bodice, I was ready. I was ready for that steamy sex scene, and they deprived us. I know. I was like, you go get that Edgar. You show him you're not a sad, sad me. You a sexy, sexy Edgar, and then. He he proposed, which is romantic, I guess. But you see that heavy sigh of like, God, that proposal was just so ill-timed. Yeah, do it after you bone the girl, okay? Like, just be, you know, I, I, ugh. he didn't even get any action. I just felt really bad. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I just... <laughs> Like, I was like, okay, so what is this movie? Because I was like, okay, it reminds me of Misery. It reminds me of Saw. It yeah. reminds me of The Crow. It definitely reminds me of From Hell. Yeah. You know? And I think you said other movies, too. But, like, we were like, what is this movie? Because we can't pin it down. Because it's, it, it's trying to be a thriller, but I wasn't thrilled. Mm-hmm. There was not... It was trying to be a horror. And I, was... I don't know... Because I was like, okay, it's, there's not, there aren't scary parts to me. Mm-hmm. Like, there wasn't any jump scares, I really thought. It tried to be gory. It like wasn't, slasher. because the CG was terrible. Oh, the slasher. The yeah. slasher parts of it were not the best. And it wasn't, like, it wasn't committing to the gore. Yeah. Like, like, you, only, you, like you see one really intense scene where a dude gets cut in half by a pendulum. Yeah, so it's like it didn't want to be Saw to be Saw. Yeah, and what's really interesting is like the pit and the pendulum. That that story when I read it when when I was a little kid, our fourth grade teacher fucking read us that story, and I was terrified. And I still get chills from that story. 
right? Watching it on screen, I was like, I don't care. Yeah. He's just, like, it took so long for them to like cut the dude in half, and I was like, at this point, like that's that's fifteen minutes of my life I don't care about, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you're, when he finally dies, you're like, good. Oh god. <laughs> that took so long. <laughs> and it was like, okay, so it's it's, but it doesn't even commit because that's the one gory part, and the rest of it was like, oh, a dead body that yeah. falls on him. Oh, another dead body. Oh, you know. None of the mysteries were good. Mm. Like the only interest, like kind of interesting thing was the opening sequence where the detective, I think he, the detective was played by the dude who was Gaston in Beauty and the Beast, right? Oh my God. Right? (laughs) Am I right? I didn't, I I don't, I like, we have a history of being incorrect factually on the show. Sure. We'll say that's true. That's canon now. But the idea of like, we were talking about this before we got drunk of this idea of like, no one in this film feels like they're in this film. Yeah. Because the whole time I was associating every actor to something they've been in before. Yeah. And I couldn't figure out where the detective was from. Yeah, I was like, you get him, Gaston. Because <laughs> <laughs> the actress who played Emily, who was the love interest, right? She was in this this movie that I saw with Dave Tennant, one of Dave Tennant's movies, which was like not a really good rom-com, but it was kind of cute. But she played an American, but she's English. Mm-hmm. And the whole time I was like, I know this woman. She doesn't feel right in this movie. Yeah. Right? And then even the barkeep, the barkeep who was in there for two minutes, like I couldn't focus on him being a barkeep because I know he was the butler for downtown Abbey. At, uh, downtown Abbey. Yeah. So the whole time I was like, everyone doesn't feel like they should from be this here. movie. They should be in this movie. Yeah, especially like John Cusack. Like, <laughs> and I think that's a thing for us is like we always associate john cusack as john cusack in costume versus like the movies that we like him in yeah right we always say john cusack until it's a movie we love then he becomes lloyd and he becomes rob then he becomes martin yeah but it's like i'm really trying to call john cusack edgar in this movie or poe in this movie but again it's just i just see him trying to be nick cage yeah and like bargain Nick Cage because he didn't go as wild. You know, like he didn't commit to the, the Nick Cage brand of crazy. So I mean, and, and also like I was wondering when they would allow him to do that because you know he's supposed to be like this this super drunkard. Yeah. Right? This unruly guy. And then we get like two minutes of that. Yeah, at the bar scene, and we're like, that's it. And you're like, why? I wanted him to be grandiose, and I kind of loved that he went in there boasting that he wrote The Raven, and like people should know him, and yeah. people should be able to quote his shit back to him. And yeah. And I wanted that grandiose, like, I am a famous writer, unappreciated. But we yeah. didn't even get we that. We didn't get that. We just, <laughs> we just got crime fighting John Cusack. Yeah. I feel bad because I know, like, I said this after the fact, but literally, what, two episodes ago, I was like, I wish John Cusack did more, like, noir detective stuff. I, feel... this doesn't, I don't think this, 
this isn't noir detective. It's not, but I feel like the universe was just like, you want serious Cusack fighting crime? This is the closest you're gonna get. Here we are. Because for me, I checked out of the movie very soon after you did, where it was just the opening sequence where after they had that shot of the raven, and then it was just those like those gaggle of cops rushing towards what uh, we assume was going to be a murder scene. And then the lady dying and getting like just yelling for like four minutes straight very loudly. So you're just like, oh, they're very close to the crime scene. But then they just keep running and running and they're going through stairs and the building. And then you're like, they're almost there. Because the, the the yells and screams are getting very close. Mm. But then they keep going and going. And then they get in there, she's dead. Yep. And then the cops just like start shooting everything in the room. I was like, what if there's other victims in there? And they and know then, nothing of what's happening. And I'm just like... Yeah, and lo and behold, there was another victim in there. Yeah, there's just stuffed I, in the chimney. I was like, oh my god. Okay, so, you know, how many fucking minutes into this podcast before i drop my shit (laughs) is that just let's let's tell you the premise of this movie so the idea is that poe's writing yeah eventually creates a serial killer who is recreating the murders in his stories yeah right and so you know person who loves literature right here is super excited to be like oh they're going to talk about his writings they're going to talk about all these things glaze over it super quick they're just like oh yeah you wrote it cool and it it just it's like a mixture of like oh this trope of like the author inspires a serial killer like i've seen that in movies so many times yeah and i've seen that in in shows so many times like there was an episode of bones that did that yeah right there's like i think you know like i'm just like okay so cool edgar does these things and the whole time i'm thinking like oh it's like seven like they know what the next murder is gonna be and there were parts of the murder that I didn't understand. Like, there was a murder that wasn't in his book, but mm-hmm. he had to write the murder. And I think that's what happens afterwards. That's what the killer wants is eventually, like, when you when you find these bodies, you have to write the story of how the person died. Yeah. Right? And I was like, oh, okay. Cool. And like I said, I really wanted to love this movie. I really did. I I would have been... Completely fine if this was just a dramatic Edgar Allan Poe biopic, mm-hmm. you know, and and the reimagining of Poe's last life or last days, you know, like the last week of his life is really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. But they didn't even get that. Yeah, because you so said like, they left out a lot of interesting stuff that they didn't even touch on on this movie. Yeah, like okay, so number one, Emily Hamilton, the love interest, is not a real woman. Mm-hmm. But he did have lovers towards the end of his life. So I was like, why didn't you use them? Mm-hmm. 
you know? And I get that Emily is probably a nod to Emily Dickinson because everyone compares them to for because they're both macabre and gothic and whatever, death, 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 right? Mm-hmm. But I'm also like, oh, you could have just really used someone real in his life. Yeah. That would have been really interesting. Um, the way that they found Poe was he was not dressed in clothes that were his, and he was like hysterical, mm-hmm. right? He was like hysterical and disoriented and just yell, like yelling or saying Reynolds over and over and over. And that's what I was thinking they were going to do in the film. Instead, like what they did was a very like Poe on the verge of death, just saying his last name's Reynolds, Tail Fields, his last name's Reynolds. And then he died. Yeah. And I was like, no, like he, he didn't die on the park bench. He didn't, you know? And so I just, even the sensational parts of Poe's actual life was not put in this movie. I think they just heard one interesting fact from Edgar Allan Poe. And that's what they tried to build the movie around. But then they stopped doing research after that. And then they started <laughs> stripping that information. Well, I feel like there's just a bunch of like writers who have like this moment of like, of like blank in their timeline because even with Agatha Christie she disappeared for a fucking week yeah and then came back and Doctor Who did a more interesting fucking idea of what that looked like for Agatha Christie than this movie did for Poe's last week of his life yeah like I, I, when you mentioned it the fact that um Edgar Allan Poe had like love interests and they didn't utilize them. I feel like it's that thing that they did for that Bruce Lee biopic um, that came well, out a year or two ago, where they created a protagonist to tell Bruce Lee's life who wasn't a real student of his. Yeah. And then I was like, they, he had students. You could have just had access to these stories that they created or wrote or told about him, but they didn't. They just were like, we're going to make our own version of it. Guess what? It's going to be way worse. <laughs> and it's also like Bruce Lee had, you know, like Enter the Dragon was an actual biopic written by someone who loved him. Yeah. You know, even though it was like very romanticized, like this was Bruce. Yeah. And then to have that new biopic was very weird. Yeah. And I feel like, okay, so like how many people really knew Poe in real life, right? Blah, blah, blah. But I was like, I couldn't understand what was going on half the time because i was so distracted by like the accent that was not an accent because okay so i don't know geography too much but like for some reason number one i thought baltimore was like somewhere in middle america and then i was like no that's not right it has to be new england and then it's not in new england yeah we looked it up before, like right <laughs> literally before we started just so we don't have a yeah i can totally ace that fifth grade geography test but like it's in maryland i don't know how maryland sounds like like everyone has a different accent in this movie and it's confusing me nothing worked in this movie like (laughs) there was one point after the scene i was talking about like i'm gonna keep talking about like the first seven minutes of this movie because that's the only parts of the movie i took notes on um, it's that part where after that reveal of like, oh no, detective, there's been a murder. Then they <laughs> cut to like Edgar walking around the streets mm. and he's just drinking and he sees like a bunch of ravens like picking at this cat. 
and he's like touching it and he's like mumbling underneath his breath i'm like all right is john doing an accent i don't know if i buy it and the very next scene he's at a bar trying to get people to like let him have a drink and he has no accent i'm like did he just drop an accent and i was like when the fuck does this take place when is when is this and like from that point on i never recovered because i was never <laughs> in the movie i was like who is this why 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 do you speak like that why are you from here I, and it tried it kept trying to say baltimore because like any chance he got he was like hello baltimore sons hello baltimore here in baltimore blah 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 and i was like i don't know what yeah. 19th century baltimore would be like yeah so maybe it just fails at a as a period movie or as a you know era movie because i was just like when the fuck when the fuck is this yeah i was like i don't buy any of this i was like this didn't have to be an edgar Allan poe movie it didn't like you could have just taken out edgar Allan poe and then the serial killer could have just been reenacting any type of fucking made up stories yeah it, it I do I do want to go back to some things that we did like. Like I love a, I love me a movie that has like a masked ball. Yeah, me too. I think of Batman Returns. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I kind of just was like, oh, this is a really cool thing where they're trying to locate a killer in a masked ball, which is like a huge trope and like I love that. I'm like, who who's the killer in the mask, you know? And I there were like some tender moments in there and there were some sweet moments and mm -hmm. also I was just like I kinda love everyone having this like I'm gonna live my life in this mask, you know? Yeah. But then that was over I felt like that was over too quickly. Like they should have kind of made the suspense a little bit more. And like none of this seemed believable because like at that point there was like thirty nine cops there. They told the host, like, your life is at in danger. We're going to have cops there. And he's like, well, I'm hosting a party. It's a very important party. I was like, dude, you might die. And it was very little regard for life and safety. I was like, okay, whatever. Your daughter's probably going to get taken after this because of your, how foolish you are. Yeah. And I just, I, you know, like, I always love a, la a mass ball. Like, there's a dance scene. There's something. There's, like, a ball scene is always the best when you're trying to find a killer. Yeah. Right? Because you're upping the tension, and usually the cops will fit in, or like, you know, like I think there was like a mass ball in Alias, and I fucking love Alias. And she goes and she does like a whole like salsa, and then she goes and tries to find the killer. Yeah. Like there's this thing of like play up that it's a mask ball, and everyone doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. And then that's the tension, but everyone that they followed knew what was going on and it didn't help that the the main cop was like super on edge with everyone yeah gaston just was super on edge and it seemed like he was the only one who knew what was going on but but really he didn't either because he kept saying it's like it's either gonna be like what the grim reaper or the like headless horseman's gonna come through and then literally the headless horseman comes through and then the the fucking the the uh what's her name emily goes emily. missing yeah and you're like what he just how? immediately gets kidnapped i was and like I was how like, oh. john was right with her i'm sorry edgar edgar oh my god <laughs> i'm just like replaying it in my head of like everyone knew no one was at the door blocking this 
this fucking horseman horse driving through, right? No one was like, oh, there's a mad horse going for the front doors. Like, no one knew. And none no of the cops ever... shot the dude. It was the dad. In the most, like, slow motion ass way. Yeah, and he was just like, I was just hired to do this. I I don't know what's happening. I was like, no one knows what's happening, guy. We're trapped in this movie. <laughs> and I think I think this is the thing, too, that I, I wrote this down. I was like, I don't give a shit who died. Yeah, I was just like, there was a care. point where, so the girl, Emily, when she gets taken, they put her in a coffin or a box. Yeah. And then she just escapes. And then I'm just like, oh, my God, thank you. This movie is almost over. And then she gets recaptured, and I got so mad, not because I cared for the well-being of the character, but because this movie was going to continue. So I hit pause, and I saw that there was 33 and 27 seconds left of this movie, and I texted Grace. I was like, oh, my God, there's more. <laughs> In my head, immediately, I was like, I know what part you're at, and I'm so sorry, bro. Because I was like, oh, it's going to be over soon. Like, no. I, I told... I, I was telling John earlier before we got drunk was that this movie was an hour too long for me. Yeah. This like and you like an hour too long, it's 2 hours uh 2 hours. This would have been great as like an episode of a TV show. Yes. Yeah. Cuz even cuz we I was joking with John cuz we were trying to find where to find, you know, find this movie and I was like it's free on Prime, isn't it? I'm watching it right now. And the movie that I saw was like an 18 minute like true retelling of The Raven. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, I love this so much more. It's 18 minutes. It's the actual literature. And the dude straight up looked like Edgar Allan Poe. Really? I didn't even click it. it you it's, saw it? It's, it's, I watched the first few minutes of it. And I was like, I'm going to watch I'm going to come back to you. And, like, I think that's what I just wanted. I wanted more Poe, and I didn't get Poe. I just got, like, some dumbasses looking for a serial killer. Uh-huh. I will say that there were parts that I was just like, okay, so the the language, the language of this world and this time I didn't quite get because I was like, oh, is that a modern? And, you know, I'm not I'm not a person of language, so I was like, would they have said shut it or I'll shut it for you in like early 1800s? I'm just saying. I like to think that that's a, a universal thing where Is George Washington said that phrase? to people too. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was just looking for like a posher 1800s verse, you know, because I'm like going into this film thinking, oh, it's going to be fucking Jane Austen. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's going to be Nick Cage and... What's that art house movie that he did? <laughs> you know, like, I was just thinking, I was like, this this doesn't seem like it's part of the time. In the, and, and by the time they reveal the killer, and we already spoiled that shit, we don't care. I was like, I don't care. I didn't care who he was. And I didn't care, like, I honestly didn't care anything about what was going on, and I just wanted, like, John Cusick to live his best Edgar Allan Poe life, and I didn't even get that, and I don't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. I just wanted Edgar Allan Poe, and I got John Cusack doing his best. Yeah. You know? 
like I'm at this point I'm just talking about my notes, right? Yeah. Because there was this like part where Emily finally emerges from her coffin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like the most gratuitous Brestel shot where I was like, why are we having fan service an hour and a half into this movie? Like sexy Edgar was already like we passed that in the beginning. I don't need like a sexy Emily in the in the end when she's near death and almost escaping. Yeah. So it felt really weird that way. I don't know. And I just I just wanted more integration of his writing. Like they would say so they would like give tips. Mm-hmm. And then I would be like, oh, I know that one. That's the cast of Montaliando or whatever the fuck it's called. Or like, oh, that's the pit and the pendulum. Or that's the Red Death, like, or the, whatever it was called. And then it would just mention the title and then that was it. And I was just like, I just want but, a girl and Poe. But I felt like they were just very empty Easter eggs, if that makes that's sense. Enough, yeah. You know, we were just like... For the people who know what this means, this is for you. It's empty calories. But for the people who don't know what this is, you're confused, aren't you? See, like, I feel sad now because I I kind of was okay with the film. And now I feel like I'm not okay with the film anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I wanted it to be <laughs> I know you did because you watched it twice. You tried so hard to like it. I, I think did, I tried. And I think I think John is doing his best and you know, like he's defended this film to whatever. Like and I get that. I, I love that he defends his films when they're not the greatest, right? And and I That just, confused me for a sec. I thought you were talking about me. I was like, I've defended this. <laughs> <laughs> Cusack. Yeah. One last yeah, name because name. I was named after uh, the great John Cusack, so it's very were, confusing for me. Right. But he he defends this. He defends this. He puts on a thing because, like, when critics, like, okay, so you know me, like, I go in completely blind. I don't care what critics say. Like, I'm gonna form my own goddamn opinion. After I watched this last night, I went down this rabbit hole of like, what did John think of this film, mm-hmm. or Cusack think of this film? And then Cusack was like, oh, you guys just don't have the imagination of a reimagining of, like, someone famous. You have one story, blah, 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 blah. But I was like, yeah, okay, I get that. But I've seen reimagined work or reimagined lives that I've really liked. Like, fucking Agatha Christie fighting aliens or whatever the fuck in Doctor Who. I loved that. I didn't think that was crazy. Yeah. But... Poe becoming a crime fighter in his last days of his life. I was like, no, that's too much for me, but I'm I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Because we all have like our image of Edgar Allan Poe in our head and it's not mm-hmm. like Maybe that's it. Maybe I'm too I'm too married to this image of who Poe was and I'm too married to who Cusack is. Yeah. And this became just too much Cusack where you just don't buy it as Edgar. Yeah, I did like the parts where it was like really trying to have Edgar have these little ticks. Like every time Edgar took a drink, he mm-hmm. would just toss the glass and the glass would break. Like yeah. they did that three or three times, I think, in the film. And I was like, cool, they're going to continue this. This is a pattern, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, spoiler alert, he dies because he takes poison. When he drinks the poison, he doesn't toss the glass. Yeah. 
He, yeah, he's but... just, I was like, oh, come on, guys. Consistency. I like that little moment, too. It's mm-hmm. funny. It's a great little quirk. But come on, keep it. <laughs> keep it. I want to love that because he's so angry at this point. Like, he's been bested. Yeah. By, like, you know, his best boy, you know. And then, and he's just, where's Emily? And I was like, at this point, I don't care about this bitch. Yeah. Right? See, but it was it was weird, though, because this movie leads you to believe that Edgar Allan Poe was a great, de- like, could have been a great detective. Like, and they kept him. Was. He probably like, was, but you know? not the way he was presented, where, like, as a detective, if you were Gaston, you're like, this guy is an alcoholic. He doesn't have his shit together. His girlfriend has been captured. And he like he's not really contributing anything. He has a gun. He's running around. You're like, this isn't a he good idea. He gives up the gun so easily. I was pissed about that. Yeah. And so it's just like, I don't buy you as the hero for this movie. And like the only like I never well, could like I connected with John Cusack once. Sorry, Edgar once in this movie, and when he was at the bar, and he was like, "I'm famous. I'm like I am great. You all should know who I am." And I was like, "Cool," because that's me. I get a taste of success. I'm gonna be terrible, you know. <laughs> I was like, "That's me." He's an alcoholic. Let's get down. Let's walk down this path, Edgar. Let's drink together. Let's Andrew. drink together. And then I was like, I expect people to buy me drinks. But then that was it. And then the only other time where I had some sort of emotional connection with him again, at like throughout this movie, as he was running around doing his weird Scooby-Doo adventures, <laughs> is when he wrote, like, so the main thing is that the killer wants him to write again because he's not writing. So he yeah. wants him to write again. So he's writing, and then the last chapter of it is he he admits like pretty much, very much like Thanos, a life like in the, with the Soul Stone is like a life for a life. So he's like, I will drink this poison to spare her life. Yeah, you know. So it's like this is something that he wanted. Where like throughout the whole movie, which I think if they would have played it up a little bit more, we're just like. This is his dream where he he was willing to write reviews in the newspaper. He just wanted to write again. But he's writing in circumstances that he doesn't want to do where he just wants her to live. So he's sacrificing his dreams just to get her back, you know. And if they would have played that up a little bit more, it would have been more effective. Like, just the idea of giving up your dreams for someone you love, I think is very beautiful. Just like uh, Hercules did in the 1998 animated movie, the Disney animated movie, where he sacrifices his godhood to save Meg. Spoiler alert. Um, I thought that was very beautiful. And if they would have leaned into that a little bit more, I thought that would have been great. But it was just this moment that gets kind of brushed aside. I think a lot of moments get brushed aside because the quirkiness of Edgar Allan Poe as a character... Like, the only, like, I, again, I would have loved this if this was just a biopic. Mm-hmm. Because there's a part where Edgar, Edgar has a fucking pet raccoon. Yeah, named, who's eating a heart? Who's named Carl? Yes. And I'm like, give me Carl. And Emily walks into his house and she's just like, right before they not bone and get proposed to, she's just like, is Carl eating a heart? And he was just like, yeah. No, he's like, what's Carl eating? A heart. And she's like, is it human? And he's like, yeah. 
and he's just staring at her boobs. I'm like, fucking go, Edgar. What the fuck? And uh, I know it's horrible to say. I know it's horrible to say. But, like, the amount of how much they try to play up Emily's boobs and don't show them. <laughs> I, was, I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah. Like, my gay ass is like, okay, I'm not trying to objectify women, but maybe show a little titty? I don't know. Because the whole time, I'm like, I'm bored. I'm so bored. I'm like, alright. And we were talking about uh, Emily, the the actress Alice Eve before this movie. You saw her. You saw her. I offend you about her, but like she's amazing. (laughs) You saw her in another movie. We were talking about it before we recorded, but you saw her in another movie, and I was literally watching her like three nights ago in Star Trek Two, like the the reboot Chris Pine Star Trek. I was like, she was, she's, she's good. Spoiler in that one, John. Um. Actually, she doesn't really do anything. She's just RoboCop's daughter in that, and then she oh, eventually yeah. just strips down to her bra and panties. Uh, <laughs> spoiler in Star Trek, we're like, oh, Spock and her together. Fuck you. Oh yeah, Kirk <laughs> dies in two, but he gets re- re- revived after uh, Spock goes gone. <laughs> oh, and Benedict Cumberbatch is bad. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, did you see Star Trek three with oh, Edris? I know I should, but I shouldn't. I wanted you know, to. Uh, James Wan. I, I was out in Star Trek 1 when I found out. I was like, Spock wouldn't have a relationship with Uhura. But okay, make that happen. Yeah, this Spock is just this is just a Spock's trilogy. Wow, this just became Star Trek cast. <laughs> we should talk about that instead of this movie. Yeah, I think it's I'm so out. Cool. Like, th- my big point for this movie, I was like, I have to find a way to work in that, that Hercules spoiler. That's all I wanted. <laughs> Like, I worked really hard to get to that point. <laughs> it did take a while. It was 40 minutes in. We didn't have any spoilers, John. Yeah, I wanted to come out of nowhere. And then they're like, all right, he's making a point. He seems very passionate. Oh, it's just a spoiler. Okay. At this point, like, I just want to talk about spoilers. Like, in Lost, it was all just fucking purgatory. Fuck all of you. And I was like, that's like nine episodes, my nine seasons of my life. Yeah. I don't know. Like, there's nothing to... Like, by the time we get to the twist, I don't care. There was the point where it was revealed who the killer was. And this killer dressed like Alec Baldwin in The Shadow. And they okay. revealed who it was. And I was like, who, who the fuck is this? So because have you seen Extraordinary... You've seen League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. The one with uh, Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, is The Apprentice... Fucking Hyde, Jekyll and Hyde. Is that the guy? Mm. Who is this apprentice? Oh fuck! I don't Who know. After after fuck was watch. Was... I'm just completely just confusing my white men. I yeah, I was just gonna say that. you're just confusing the white people at this point. I'm gonna actually fucking look this up right I'm now. I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> um, the killer was. See, I don't even know what the killer's name was. Was it John? No. Was, huh? What was the killer's name? Ivan, right? He was Ivan? Ivan Reynolds. <laughs> I know the yeah. name. So Ivan was in The oh, Innocents, no, The Huntsman, Peaky Blinders. He's in Blinders? Oh, maybe that's not his name. Um, he was in The Hitman's Bodyguard. 
He was in The Mechanic, The Huntsman. Jesus Christ. This guy. Sorry, we're just mixing up my white man. I okay. think you might have. Well, yeah. let's, what, what, well he's worked a lot, so I'm still working chronologically. And I'm. When was I feel like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? When it comes to certain actors, it just feels like the the beginning of like like haunting of Hill House, where it's like I can't keep track of who the white people are. Yeah. Because I was like, wait, is that a different white person? I've been. And- Rewatching the Saw movies lately, and it got to that point for me too, where literally it was like there was a good detective and a bad detective, and they both were like kind, kind, kind of the same. So, like, looking where it's just like they're just white dudes with like slick back hair, and I was like, which one are you? Are you the good one or the bad one? And they're both doing detective shit. I was like, what are you detecting? I just, I think that was it for this film. Because by the time they revealed who the killer was, I was like, who was that? Yeah. They literally spent a second in the beginning of the film just showing that he was an apprentice. And his two lines were, sir, don't get mad. I tried to stop them. Yeah, because for fucking up his article. Yeah, for for not even running the article. And that's where John or, or Edgar goes, Longfellow! Longfellow? And I was like, oh, dial that back a little bit. <laughs> well, you also said the, the the dude who got murdered by the pendulum was a much more important important person in uh, Edgar's Griswold. life, right? I think Griswold. Yeah. yeah. No, dude. So, like, I was very confused when they killed him so early on in the movie because in real life, like, he actually became, like, the guy who took over Poe's estate after Poe died. So like he were t- they he- close? No, they were bitter rivals. Wait, so how did he take over his estate? I have no idea. Like he just he just took over everything. Uh-huh. He had like rights to all his writings, like, writings or something, and then he created these like bio, uh, like biographies that were completely trying to discredit who Edgar Allan Poe was. See, so- that would have been so much more interesting. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, I get it. They're they're like killing him early in the movie. Like this is like their literary revenge. Blah 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 blah. But at the end, I was just like, no. But he was so much. He was so more interesting like, than that in real life. And I was like, dude, he becomes like a two second like, <laughs> per, you know, forgive the pun, but he like becomes a two second hack in the film. <laughs> It just got the hack. <laughs> <laughs> See, I I really think the thing that worries me is like I, I I thought this when I saw the Ford versus Ferrari movie. I was like, I love oh, the story of Henry Ford, or sorry, not Henry Ford, but um, of a Sh- uh, Carol Shelby, mm-hmm. and uh, that whole story I really love. And I was like, all right, if they fuck this up, we're like in my lifetime, we're not going to get another Carol Shelby movie, you know? So, so, and they did a really good job. It was like that Matt Damon, Christian Bale movie. And I was like, awesome. Hmm? What's the spoiler in that one? I still haven't seen it. So it's just like um, um, Ford wanting to beat uh, Ferrari in the, the Le Mans race. Okay. And it's just them trying to build this race car while this, co- like the Ford company is just fucking, fucking up their, their plan. So it's just them trying to like build a, a car so they can race and all the things that they have going against them. <laughs> okay. 
So it's like literally just a car movie. Okay. It's just a car movie. And like, I'm not like, I don't know a lot about cars. I just love cars. But yeah. it's just a, a really interesting story of just like these dudes trying to do what they want with their dream. Yeah. So like, and I, I, just, I don't know. Um, I love that story. <laughs> but um, for that, I was like, if I, I don't want them to fuck it up. Because we're not if, if they fuck it up, we're not gonna get another Carol Shelby movie. And yeah. for this, I was like, Are we gonna get another Edgar Allan Poe movie? Because Wait, wait, wait. Did we have an Edgar Allan Poe movie before this? No, like after this, will we get another one? I hope so. Like I want because I feel like there needs to be more movies about literary figures in the first place. Like, even if they're reimagined. Like I'm really trying to find that fucking like Emily Dickinson reimagined her as like a or as a fucking burgeoning adult with oh, I forgot the Filipina's name, but it's like on Apple TV and it looks really interesting because they they implement like modern things into it, like she twerks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that'd be fun! Like I mm-hmm. want to see that. Yeah, and I, I it would be interesting to see something put in Edgar Allan Poe's life because he was. For me, and again, like I don't really research him that much, mm-hmm. but I know things about him. Yeah, and I'm like super interested in his weird ass life because he married his cousin when she was like 14, and like just all these weird things. And so I was just like, okay, I want to know these other things mm-hmm. because his real life is so much more interesting than this fabricated crime caper of the last five days of his life yeah like ideally it would have like if they play like the way like after you told me all the stuff that happened after his death i just (laughs) like that's so much more interesting to me like if they played edgar Allan poe's like life biopic whatever as like the way they played like bohemian rhapsody yeah. You know, where he's just like this really quirky dude and then just the legacy he leaves behind. Yeah. And like that would have been so much cooler than this weird <laughs> crime fighting Edgar. Because <laughs> I mean, like the again, the goth in me is just like Edgar was all about these things about loss and like, you know, he had a really fucked up hard life. Yeah. You know? And it's like I would have very much been interested in like him growing up with this random ass family him joining the army him having to marry like his cousin for like other reasons and then him like trying to get over her death and all of these things and he joined the army yeah see so somewhere in the multiverse that in the movie i I was very proud about because that's how he knows navigation i've i might have just been Oh, a game on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's how they find something. I remember they had a, a compass at one point, and they were like, no, "It's an it island." Even, it wasn't even a compass, dude. It wasn't. It was a it was pocket like a... clock. Uh huh. What the fuck is it? like a fob clock? Mm-hmm. And like, because of the time, that became longitude. So it was like twelve fourteen. So they're like longitude twelve fourteen, and then they found like Saint Croix, and they're like. Or LaCroix, and then they're like, oh, the cross, or whatever. And that's how they, they got to that part. And in my head, I was like, you should have, because they're like, oh, how do you know this, Poe? And it's like, I was in the military. This is basic ass training. Yeah. <laughs> it's basic ass training. But the I was fact like, that you say, if you would have said that in the first hour and a half, 
see, but if you were gonna make this crime fighting Edgar Allan Poe, I would have just like really lean into it you know like really make this a fucking action movie like somewhere out there in the multiverse there is this edgar Allan poe movie where he's like way more badass and they really lean into the fact that he was in the army so somewhere out there in one of the multi like multiple universes there is an edgar Allan poe movie starring like sly stallone <laughs> Tell me you can't see that now, where you're like, never again. <laughs> oh, I would, I would go broke watching that movie. <laughs> I'm like, here's ten dollars, another one for Raven, please. <laughs> At this point, I'm just re- I'm imagining who else can play a good Raven, you know, and I. Sly. Orlando Jones. Orlando is that his name? Orlando. I don't know. I only know him as Legolas. Oh yeah, Legolas. Bloom. Orlando Bloom. Bloom. Right? Who Who's Orlando name? Jones? Oh my god. Oh, I'm the so comedian. So stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch that <laughs> starring oh, him. I, as I know Orlando Jones. I know Orlando. He was Mad TV. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I loved Mad TV. I, I went to Comic-Con one year where Orlando Jones was just marrying people at San Diego Comic-Con. That's awesome. Yeah, so good for him. <laughs> I don't know why he's marrying people, but... You know what? <laughs> what you gotta do. At Comic-Con, let him do it. It's a, Comic-Con's a weird place. Dude, yeah. I, know. I miss it so much. But, I mean... Someone mentioned, like, brought up to me that uh, even if we're not talking about high fidelity in any of the episodes thus far, <laughs> we mention high fidelity. So I feel like I just have to keep that streak going. Wait, okay, so how do we mention high fidelity in this one? Like, if we, because, like, with the other ones, we've all been like, oh, this is like in our heads, we're creating a headcanon that this is a universal, like, a cinematic universe. Mm hmm. Who the fuck would Edgar? <laughs> how does how does this tie Edgar? into like okay? So I think that's a, another thing too is like how does this connect into our version of the cinematic universe? Mm. So I think in this cinematic universe, uh, this version of Edgar Allan Poe is way more dramatic, mm. you know, and he's very much more uh, pop rock, and I think that had a uh, big influence on uh, younger readers like Lloyd dobbler and uh yeah. all that so i i don't i don't know i'm just dude i'm totally seeing him as a martin blank in his like retirement days that after like you know um meanie driver died that oh why she die you know just because you know that you know why would you even say that not meanie driver what is her character's name Jesus Christ, what's your character's name? Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) As you shuffle your papers, what's her name? What's her name? Fuck me. (laughs) John, I can't remember. I can't remember the good movie. (laughs) (laughs) No, you just think of uh, uh, fucking The Raven. Debbie? No, Debbie. Yeah, Debbie. After Debbie, whatever happened. And again, do 
Did we really think they ended up together? I do. I th- I think I thought they were uh, in a better place in their relationship than uh, Lloyd and Diane were in their relationship. Oh, that's true. That's true. Okay, so I'm gonna say like maybe they separate. I'm not gonna say she dies, but he feels so heartbroken that he becomes her Annabelle and then tries to go after this Emily girl. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like I can't. That's the only thing because I was like, oh, Martin Blank would know how to find a killer. Yeah, and it would be, yeah, he would just kill everyone who got in his way. It'd be very, oh man, if that should happen, that would just be fucking John Wick starring John Cusack. Can you imagine? (laughs) I would. I would watch that. I would watch that movie more. I would watch that movie more than I would watch The Raven starring Orlando Jones. (laughs) (laughs) Because you know, I'm I'm not opposed to that because how fucking interesting would it be to see Keanu go up against John Cusack. Yeah, like just these would... 80s teen <sighs> cultural icons. Oh my god, I think I would just... Do you, th- do you think Cusack has, like, a rebirth in him? Like, he's gonna no, come I... back to Hollywood and he's... Oh, we're just I like do. I know that him as, as, as he is and the way that he hates Hollywood, absolutely not. Do you... Because he shits on Hollywood all the time. I like the last thing I heard from him is when he was just like shitting on that high fidelity TV series. Which I I, like, I get that he's very that. protective of it because yeah. he did right. But freaking let it happen, dude. Don't let it happen. Let Rob become a biracial, bisexual, pansexual, whatever she wants to identify as. Let her be that. I would like. I was super fucking intrigued with that. I yeah. Was like, oh my god, the way they that they are reimagined Rob and the fact that Zoe's mom is in the original just gave me so much happiness. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I, and again, we're gonna be dissecting that mo- that that series or looking at that series when time comes to it. I think we're still kind of pretty raw that it got canceled. Yeah. I'm very angry that I got canceled. But just the fact that Zoe is Rob is just gonna blow my mind watching it. And so like when we get to those series get to those episodes, I'm gonna be very you know, I'm gonna be protective of the original, but I'm allowing it to be reimagined because that's what John wants. Yeah. Jack wants things to be reimagined and then he like he gets angry when he gets he angry should. when people <laughs> reimagine his stuff. And again, we love we love John. We love John Cusack with all our hearts. But sometimes the movies that he's in isn't the best. And this is not one of his best, I want to say. Someone, had- someone mentioned this to me where they're like, with you, with like, with your podcast leaning very much into the fact that you guys love Cusack very much. They're like, how do you guys feel? Like, do you ever think like episode per episode, do you guys think, is that what if John Cusack listened to this episode? And I didn't you know, think about that until like right now, where I'm like, <laughs> I would love it if he listened to any of those episodes, be, no, except this one. Amazing. And I'm ready for him to talk shit about us on his Twitter. I'm okay with that because I would cry okay, so much. No, no, no. Because my reasoning is when you love something so much, you're allowed to critique it. And I love Cusack, and I love. The movies that he's in, even when they're bad, I will love him 
but I'm allowed to critique it because then that's something that's something like you know like when you love something so much then that's when you can look at it with a with a honesty and we love it we love it so much that we're like we're gonna we're gonna keep doing this we're gonna watch 1408 (laughs) we're gonna watch all like what 100 yeah, even the ones where he's like a side character. Like, yeah, we're, we're gonna watch it. all of it. So, we talk. We were talking about it earlier, and then the way that we have this kind of podcast planned is like people say there's only so many episodes you guys can do because there's only so many John Cusack movies. Yeah, that's true. Well, he has to do Netflix or not Netflix, but an Amazon show Amazon. coming out next. What this month? Next month next month uh or the 25th like the end of this month yeah so we're gonna be talking about that we're We're gonna gonna talk about the high fidelity show yeah Yeah, yeah. um there's gonna be episodes where we just take themes of his movie and just talk about that we're gonna talk about like for high fidelity that's one that we've been really building towards so we're probably gonna talk about one x per episode um and if it came down to it we're gonna talk about like seven degrees of john cusack so if we just want to make a very loose connection we're just like this person was in this movie with this person who also worked with this person who was in a john cusack movie now we're gonna talk about this movie because it's like you know i think the the idea of like john cusack brings this nostalgia in us and i think we're allowed to talk about movies that cusack has nothing to do with because it brings that nostalgia of like what a cusack movie can be and i think that's why you know identity was so like lacking to us the raven is so lacking to us because we know what cusack can be And in these movies, whether it's the writing, whether it's the direction, whether it's whatever, it's just like, oh, we know you can. it can be a little bit better. Yeah. And like I said, like with this movie, I really wanted to like it. And like, you know, I came in saying, oh, I like it. And then like just the more that I picked at it, I was like, it could be so much better. And if that isn't love, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. It's just like. I want this to be the best. I want you. I want it to be the best that it can be. I think you look at this movie the way I look at the Green Lantern movie. Oh God! Where you're like, I wanted to love you so much. I tell myself I like you, but I could have liked you so much more. Oh Reynolds! I know. (laughs) Now you're just Edgar at the at the bench. Oh Reynolds! Reynolds! (laughs) (laughs) Reynolds! Reynolds! Tell him it's Reynolds! <laughs> and I think that's, you know, like, you know, year, years down the line, because Cusack has quite a discography, mm. or filmography, that when we start looking at things of like, oh, maybe maybe this becomes things that we want to love or maybe we look at things that we love and like realize like, oh, maybe that this point in our lives we don't love them as much. You know, like, it's, I feel like it's like that. Yeah. That we're, you know, we're allowed to critique because we love him. Yeah. And the movies, we know that he can do good movies. And we have faith that, you know, dramatic Cusack can be good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, we were talking about before that we were recording, we are just like... Do we like serious Cusack? Do we like dramatic Cusack? Because like all I the do. dramatic stuff we haven't 
enjoyed yet. And I'm sure because we haven't gotten to being John Malkovich yet, we're going to like it. It's just the selection we've had thus far where we, we <laughs> went from that, that end of the spectrum where we're like, here are these movies that we liked. Here are these movies that we, we, we are unfamiliar with that mm-hmm. is very different. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, I just wanted to go back to that uh, Ryan Reynolds thing, and I just wanted to talk about uh, definitely Maybe, where um, uh, that movie is great. But uh, Elizabeth Banks is the mom, and he ends up with Abigail Breslin. So <laughs> I was trying to find a way to bring that in because that movie has so much heart for me. Because that's literally the reason why I collect a certain book that has signet that has like dedications in it. Really? Yeah. I see I saw that and I was like that's really sweet and then I just think of like random shit and I was like evil dead I'm not gonna read <laughs> random fucking text and books so number one spoiler and definitely maybe he keeps looking or this character keeps looking for a Jane Eyre book that has dedications in it because I think her dad wrote a dedication to her in it and she's, she's trying to find that book again yeah. so I there's certain books that I will look at that I'm like, oh, it has a dedication in it. I need to buy this. Mm-hmm. And so I have multiples of certain books because they have dedications because of that goddamn movie. Because I love that goddamn movie so it's much. A movie. It's a good movie. I love that movie. <laughs> I think, at, at, you know, when we go through all of John uh, Cusack stuff, that we're just going to become a rom-com thing because just goddamn rom-coms. I think when it comes to it, February for... Or like Valentine's Day month oh. or something. It's just going to be rom-com month. Or whenever oh. we decide it's just going to be rom-com month. Maybe next week. Yeah, every day is goddamn rom-com. Because yeah. I need to watch a good rom-com after the reason. So what, what's what's next uh, next episode? Man, I, I just... I think we want to go back to John Cusack. And I think like our, our memory of Cusack is just connected to these rom-coms. So... Mm-hmm. You want to do a rom-com we haven't seen yet? We could do that. You want to do... Because I haven't seen Less Love Dogs. Have you seen that one? Which one is that? It's the one with Diane something, that woman from Unfaithful who... Like, oh, right. Superman's mom in that cheating movie. That's ass movie. Yeah, in that cheating movie. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. Also, uh, uh, in future episodes, we are going to have guests um that's a spoiler alert for our own fucking podcast man well that's what we that's what we do <laughs> damn it that's the one spoiler i didn't want you to do i just oh. wanted you to be like oh future episodes we have so and so on all right fine i'm gonna make a note i'll edit this out one one hour and five minutes <laughs> into the podcast. Edit fucking no, i'll delete it <laughs> i'll delete it um so i think i, I have to pick up a, i have to pretend I have to pretend that we're picking up from that last sentence. (laughs) So, yeah, guys. So, we'll be doing that. Uh, That's a pretty clean transition. (laughs) Anyway, no one will be of the wiser. Anyway, um, anything else we have to say about The Raven? I don't think we talked about The Raven movie that much. We just kind of drifted into... I think again, like this idea of like I didn't have anything to really say about the Raven. Because you watched it twice, watched just it to twice. have notes. I yeah. saw it once, and I was like, never again. I just, I wanted it to be better, and I think I think that's okay to say. Yeah. You know. 
we can hope for better. Yeah, and I'm already like the you know three fourths into this bottle of two buck check, and I think I'm okay with saying that the Raven should have been better. Yeah. I just wanted it to be the crow incarnate. Just I don't know. That would be cool. <laughs> we should talk about the crow one day. Can oh, you imagine God. if this episode we just talked about the crow? Oh God, I think that would hurt me too much. Really. <laughs> That would have been great. I just have my hot toy of the crow just staring at me and be like, I can't say anything because I just miss this so much. <laughs> You're just like, I love this movie so much. I love this movie so Like, I have tattoos. Like, Do you? Know. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> so, the one on my right shoulder, like, has a bunch of crows on it. And then I was planning for my birthday to get a specific panel from the comic book on my underarm. Mm-hmm. But of course, like fucking COVID, so I can't get a tattoo for like another three years. Yeah. So yeah, I'm like this close to just hopping over to like some place that's not sheltering and just be like, just tattoo me. I've yeah. been trying to get this fucking comic tattoo for several years now. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the crow. The crow is a big, big crow shaped place in my heart. Yeah. We'll 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 sneak in random movies. <laughs> that have nothing to do with Cusack. <laughs> but uh, anything else we needed to say? Just, you know. I don't know. As, well, is that it? <laughs> I think that's it. Like, I can't, I can't off the top of my head come up with good spoilers except that, you know, Roseanne, the original series, was just written in her basement and none of that really happened. Yeah. Just like you know, just like sad spoilers. I don't have any good ones. Yeah, it's also. <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking of what else I can spoil. Maybe yeah. something like off the grid a little bit is just like for that Batman comic book hush. Uh, Tommy Elliot is hush. Uh, oh. Jason Todd is Red Hood. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, guys, thanks for listening. Remember, as bad as this movie for us was, it can't rain all the time. Until the next episode, I'll see you guys later. Did I do good? Was that good? No, that was really good, but now I'm like crying. I'm sorry. I'm going to go watch The Crow. I'm sorry. (laughs) Whoops. Bye, listeners. Bye, guys. (laughs)